Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back to Mornings with Adam Peacock. Great to have your company on this Friday, which means we're only a couple of days away from the start of the Australian Open. And uh, happy to say that... One of the leading commentators in uh, tennis. He's known for his punchline. He's known for his calls in the big moment. Joins us right now. Robbie Koenig is heading to Melbourne. He's going to be there soon. He's pumped about the tennis. He loves this time of year. Am I right there, Robbie? Hey, Adam. Morning, man. Uh, What a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, it doesn't get much better than this. To start the year down under, I think every single player, and certainly me as a commentator, we cannot wait to, to come down here and be part of what is always a nice four-week stretch. I don't think there's a planet on the world that holds a, a tournament with any significance that uh, you haven't been to. So you've seen all the tournaments, and we like to beat our chest down here about how good we are, a bit like you good selves in South Africa as well, Robbie, and, and with good reason. It's a beautiful country. But seriously, the, the way it's set up, uh, this tournament, is that, is it as world-class as we think it is? It is an ensign. It's unbelievable the lengths that the organisers go to to make the players feel welcome. Uh, the facilities are just off the charts. Um, you know, I've just, I'm just coming over from, from Adelaide and I cannot believe the, the facilities, how they've been upgraded at Memorial Drive. Um, so that's almost like uh, the appetizer before the main course when everybody gets to Melbourne. Um, it is off the charts. And the big thing that fans might not know so much about is logistics for players are, are huge. So the fact that you can stay in the city centre yeah. and it takes you, you know, five to ten minutes to get to Melbourne Park, it's always a huge plus for players and coaches and the physical trainers in their team. You don't have to waste uh, hours traversing back and forward, say, like in New York or or sometimes if you want to stay in the city in Wimbledon, it's, it can be a, a pain in the butt to come to and from the court. So, you know, that is massive. So uh, the big players, you've noticed the biggest player of all when it comes to the men's draw, uh, even though he's four seed, he's, uh, and Rafa's there, and, you know, Rafa's Rafa. Novak Djokovic, he's won the thing nine times. You saw him last week in Adelaide. What did you think? I thought there's only one man to beat uh, when I saw him play against Medvedev. It was ruthlessly efficient. Um, and then in the finals, he, he wasn't allowed to play his best tennis against Korda. And the fact that Korda played at such a high level for so long, I couldn't believe it. So, first of all, that that bodes well for Sedi. But secondly, the way Djokovic saved the match point and then found a way to win. Um, and I love the way he just pointed to his head as if to say to the rest of the locker room, I am so ready, I'm mentally tough, and I am the man to beat. Um, and it's one thing, you can, you can steal a match against him, two out of three sets. But in Melbourne, when you play three out of five, you know, that task gets incrementally tougher. And the fact that he's been so tough to beat there. Of course, a little trivial pursuit question that we were playing was, who was the last man to beat him at the AO? And I think you've got to go back to 2018. That was the last time he lost. So, you know, that's that's the size of the task that's in front of everybody. And you can, you can imagine what the motivation is going to be like after everything that happened last year, Adam. I think he's going to be super pumped to to want to put his name back on that trophy. 
Yeah, I'm glad you quantified uh, who was the last man to beat Djokovic in Australia at the Australian Open because, unfortunately, last year it was a bunch of lawyers. But we won't get into that, Robbie. We'll keep it to the tennis, <laughs> shall we? Um, tonight, tonight he plays Nick Kyrgios in a in a charity match. Firstly, you, your comprehension of that. And also, I mean, we're all a bit in the dark about where exactly Nick is at. I, I think he'll be fine because he's played a lot of exos in, in December. I'm not sure if you concur with that or maybe disagree, Robbie. When you've got a serve like Nick, he's always in the mix. Um, and I think the fact that he's, you know, he's rested, rested himself up if he had a, a niggle here or there, just making sure he's got rid of all of those before he comes into the into the AO. But the fact that he's been to a major, gone deep in a major like he did at Wimbledon, I think that has, has whet his appetite to, to do well. I think off the back of a season where he was quite disciplined by his standards, that's a big positive for Nick. And I think he wants a taste of of going deep in a major again. Um, I think he feels the burden of expectation more than most playing in the home slam. So that's always something to factor in. I think there's two ways people either thrive playing at home or they feel that burden of expectation. And, you know, you know I've heard him say on a few occasions, it's a tough month for him, um, although he hasn't played this much. But um, I think he'll want to do well. I think it's going to be another decent season for him. You know, he didn't play a lot last year, but when he played, he went deep. So... I think if he can can follow a similar sort of schedule and you know kick it off by doing well at home, it'll be the best start to his year. I, I would definitely pencil him pencil him in for the second week. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think he'll he'll be fine. And and the ankle was just I wouldn't say an excuse, but he's just said I oh, might have had a, a a little minor niggle. He just didn't need the match time, and and he'll be fine for yep. for round one uh, when he plays Safulin, the uh, the Russian who can play. So he's got to be on his game. In that particular occasion, what about the other Aussies, uh, Robbie? An unbiased view um, from through your lens. Uh, Thanasi Kokonakis is still going in Adelaide in week two. Uh, Demon, he's he's running around like he does. He played okay at the United Cup, and Jason Kubler, as well, who uh, uh, who went good at the United Cup. Um, anything to say about those gentlemen? Yeah, I saw JK play this week as well. Um, he was unbelievable against Echeverry in uh, in Adelaide, but. Uh, Came and stuck against Kitsmanovic. I'm a big fan of the way Koops plays. I love his game. I actually haven't seen the Australian Open draw yet, Adam. I was commentating yesterday when it was coming out. So I'm not sure who the boys have got, but I'm a massive fan of the way Koops plays. And if the courts are as quick in Melbourne as what they have been uh, the last few weeks, I think that plays right into Koops' hands. Mm. Um, Kokonakis serving the way he is, um, you know, off the back of, of making the, final, uh, the, the semi-finals now in Adelaide, the guy's going to be brimming with confidence. And, and I hope that he's learned from what happened last year, where he kind of reveled in his glory of doing well in Adelaide and then never kicked on during the rest of the season. You know, you've got to realize you've got to put this week behind you and nose to the grindstone again. So I hope he does that because with his game, I mean, he should be knocking on the door at least of the top 50, at least for for, for Tarasi. So, um don't know what his draw's like. I'm not sure. I think he might be up against Fanini. That seems yes. to ring a bell for me. But yeah, he's there. Um, yep. Yeah, he's, he's if he can just stay injury free. Uh, again, I'm hoping for for a decent run, at least two wins in Australia, just to back up what he's done in Adelaide, and then use that uh, to be a top hundred player, and then kick on for the rest of the season. The women's draw, um, obviously you follow the, the men's circuit closely through the year, but uh, in a general sense, the women's draw again, I, I've I can't pin it down to anything less than 
30 possible winners. It is so open. And, and with, like the, the men's draw as well is along those lines. If Djokovic goes out in the first round, it's 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 anyone's. Maybe 10 or 12 instead of the 30. But the women's draw is so open. Sviantec is the, the, the favourite, deserves to be number one seed. She just took over after Ash retired last year. But is that your gut feel about the, the women's draw as well? There are so many good players. Um, well, like you said, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. There's so many. <laughs> You've got Jessica Pagula, who's had an unbelievable year. I'm just thinking, as I go down the, the rankings, um, Swiatek, obviously the, the lady to beat. I love the way Caroline Garcia plays, Adam. Yep. She She's very different to a lot of the other, other women. She'll serve volley, she'll keep the rallies very short, she'll come in a lot. You know, she's having a good run in Adelaide as well. She's dangerous coming off the, the title at the, the season-ending finale for the ladies in Dallas. So she's got a lot of confidence on this particular surface. I mean, what about Arena Zabalenka? Is she due a major? Uh, you would think she's got to be pretty close to it, right? Uh, Coco Goff, uh, obviously winning in, in Auckland last week. Her confidence is going to be sky high. Um, I'm a big fan of Veronica Kudamatova. She's still going in, in Adelaide. She had a good win yesterday. So, I mean, you just keep going down the list. And um, it's just incredible the strength and depth in the women's game. So, um, yeah, it's very difficult to pick a winner there. Uh, you can only start picking from the second week. <laughs> well, Robbie, it's like me walking into the uh, the bottle-o and looking at the beer fridge and saying to myself, I can make a case for all of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to whittle it down. Anyway. Uh, I know, I know. Um, commentary, I, I'm sure you're, you're looking forward to it again. Um, I won't say who your favourite um, player is to commentate, but... How enjoyable is it when you sit down and, and get to watch um, two of the best players in the world playing a big court when the stakes are as high as they can get? That's to get it better, man. I mean, you've been involved in sport for years as well, so you know exactly how that feels, Adam. Um, it's I can't believe it's work. It's never been work for me. I, I feel so privileged to do what I do. I have not worked a day in my life since uh, I played the game and since I've gotten into commentary, and that's how I feel about it. It's such a rush. It's probably about as close as I would have ever got to to playing in a big match, just commentating on these guys, um, and and to have been commentating in in the era of players that we've had from, you know, the big three to Williams sisters to to Hingis to everybody else who's played the game on the women's side. Um, man, it's just been the best job. And as long as they'll keep inviting me back, I'll keep coming. AP. Cool. Good. Well, if you keep coming up with gear like, uh, and pardon the pun, gear, uh, like a mongoose on amphetamines when uh, a player does something good, I don't know if you've got something in your mind for, you know, the big moment and, and give us something that's uh, something a little abstract, which we all enjoy so much when you get excited. Oh, yeah. You know, I work on it just because um, I feel like in the early days, I used to repeat myself a lot. So I try to work on uh, lines that would do um, the players just justice in the big moment. So, yeah, I like to have fun uh, fun with words and stuff. Um, but uh, I don't know if I've got anything that I can share with you now. I've got to save it for the day, man. Yeah. I can't, I can't let the cat, I'm like a magician. I can't let the cat out of the bag before <laughs> the joke's done, right? <laughs> Who was the mongoose on amphetamines? Can you remember? Uh, uh, Rog made a ridiculous reflex volley. I think it was against Novak one time. And uh, it was like, you know, like when both guys were at the net and it's like a rat-a-tat-tat back and forward. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then it just came. Gosh, um, I've got perfect time to use it. And then obviously with it being Rog, it, it uh, went quite viral. And 
was an unusual saying. So yeah, that uh, that helped put my name on the map, I guess, as far as my commentating is concerned. But gold, looking forward to more gold. And we've got this far in the chat all about tennis. You don't want to discuss any cricket <laughs> uh, from the past couple of weeks. Who's playing? <laughs> <laughs> You're a smart man, Robbie Koenig. Hey, thanks so much oh. for joining us on uh, on Mornings this morning, and uh, we'll catch you in Melbourne. I eh? can't wait. Oh, what an honour. Thanks for having me on your show, bud. No worries. Robbie Koenig there, uh, one of the best going around full stop, and you'll hear his voice on the Australian Open starting on Monday.